I'm your host, Jason Martin, and once again, Chris is using his allotted sick time this time instead of being on assignments, so once again, we have the uh, dubious honor of having Jeff Ponder back on the show. What it do? So, thanks, Jeff, for filling in once again for Chris. He appreciates it greatly. He actually had to cancel uh, this week due to his sickness, so he uh, is really sick, so he was at the point where he is... Unable to talk for a couple. He was unable to talk for two days, which yeah, is very you know, unlike I mean, Chris. Yeah, it it really can't hurt. I mean, I think he's used up uh, about about ninety five years of talking in his lifetime already. So uh, really, not a bad thing. So he's good to go. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris fit in our last hockey game for the year, and it was not a success. Ooh. And me and Chris losing the championship game, as we were telling and telling people and filling people in along our journey. Losing two to one in our championship game last week. So, who scored the goal? That, um, one of our uh, one of the other guys, uh, Brian, who was on our team. Ah, uh, it was one of those games know. where we just couldn't get any offense. It was crazy. So, oh well, we I mean, uh, second place. If, if you're not second, second you're last, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, first losers. We're thinking about using the. Uh, we always think of the clip from basketball. Oh yeah, where they have the the losers the losers shirts on. losers shirt. Yeah, that's like good stuff. Um, range it chicken. It certainly does seem to be raining feces on Joe Cooper right now. <laughs> right now, <laughs> correct. So we had a couple of those talks. So anyway, so let's get into another successful week for the St. Louis Blues. Um, since we last came to you, we are still on a winning streak. So very good news to report. So, but also sprinkled in some bad news, which uh, we're just breaking as of about an hour and a half ago. So I'll bring that to you as well. Uh, Breaking for us, probably not for the people listening to the show. Correct. By the time this is posted, this will be about a day old news. But we breaking call that for us. Breaking to tape. Yes. So it makes it uh, fresh to us, but not to everybody else. So right. let's get into our three games for this week. Uh, the Blues come back home after their road trip. Uh, they play against Florida, and they get a last second goal from Chris Porter, an empty net goal to cinch it up 4 to 2. And then move along to a re- rematch with the New York Islanders. Not just Islanders. the New York Islanders, but Yaroslav Halak in the New York We'll make Islanders. his return back to the Scott Trade Center. That's right. Did so, you hear the reception when you were watching it on TV? I did a little bit. Uh, so it sounds like it was mostly applause. I mean, I didn't hear eh, anything. Bad. It was, it, it honestly, when they announced his name as a starter, which I guess they probably didn't have that part on TV um, I think it was a little more booze than it was applause, which I, I'm never happy with that. I mean, I know that uh, when he came back here with Washington, there was uh, some ill feelings with how he didn't want to start or whatever. Um, yeah. And then obviously a lot of people already didn't like him before that because in St. Louis we love to hate on the goaltenders no matter what. Um, that's beside the point, though. Uh, he was booed a little bit, and it was just kind of a, a not really. I don't want to say it was a surprise to me, but um, it was more. Uh, I'd say it's about seventy thirty. And then uh, we'll get to the play. I don't know if we'll talk about it later or not, but there's a play where he seemed like he might have been hurt, 
uh, with a shot to the face from David Backus, and uh, he was on the ring for a while. It looked like he was probably going to come out of the game, but um, he was determined to stay in, and he did stay in, and at that point, he got a lot of applause from Blues fans, and I definitely appreciated that. Uh, some people even rose out of their seats and uh, gave him a standing ovation. So uh, that's the kind of stuff I was hoping to see at, at first, which we didn't, but I'm glad at some point during the game we're able to see a little bit of a uh, applause for your for, for former Blues goalie and current uh, Blues shutout leader, uh, Yaroslav Halak. Uh, correct. So this game marks... Uh... Another kind of interesting dynamic that the Blues came back in the game on the previous Saturday against this team when they were down three to nothing after the first period. Interestingly enough, uh, New York traveled to Minnesota in between these games. I believe it was Monday, the same time as uh, Monday or Tuesday. It was Tuesday. They played Minnesota at Minnesota and they blew a four to one lead in the third period and lost five to four in regulation. Much to the chagrin of Blues fans who uh, really want Minnesota to start losing some more games. Yeah, so put a little distance between us. Yep. So Islanders fans a bit uh, not happy the last couple efforts where their team is seemingly up with that uh, that patchy defense from the uh, last couple of years of have seemed to uh, reared its ugly head once again. Yes. So let's get into this game. So the Blues start off uh, pretty well, and like we discussed last time, how the power play just doesn't look like a power play. And it looks like a regular just cycling the puck, and that's kind of how the Steen goal came along. His uh, Alexander Steen gets his sixth of the year uh, at the 5:58 mark. Once, like I said, a power play goal from Shattenkirk and Tarasenko. So yeah, it looks that, like another. That was yeah, a uh, just a just well once again that was Alexander Steen uh, coming back to uh, the the Blues uh, lineup after a couple games out with an injury. So it was nice to see him. Jump on the board real quick there in the first uh, six minutes of the game. Uh, just a good shot. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we saw from Steen last year. They potted him, uh, was it 34 goals? I'm about to look it up, but I know it was in the 30s for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, 30-plus goals, we'll say. We'll, we'll pull the uh, the uh, NHL network card when they don't yeah. know what exactly. Know what it's around. Oh, yeah, 30-plus goals in the last two years. Correct. That's what we're going to go with here. So, uh, Sounds yeah, good. that's the kind of thing you see, just a, a, a cannon of a shot from the point. Uh, something Halak, you got to imagine, saw a lot in practice here, but uh, slightly screened by a, uh Islanders player. I'm going to look at the roster right now. Um, I believe... It was Anders Lee, but I could be wrong on that. Um, I believe it was a player in the 20s on their number. I believe um, you're right. I was looking at yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it, it was a, as you said, a kind of a good cycle. Um, still not really your typical power play goal, but uh, nice to see Steen get on the board early there, and uh, nice to see that cannon of a shot return to the blue line. So, um, so Blues have the early one nothing lead. Later in the period... Uh, Speaking of cannon of a shot. Yeah, his first of the year. Uh, Barrett Jackman at the 14-18 mark. It's, like I said, his first of the year from Steen and LaPierre. This goal kind of reminded me of the goal he scored in overtime against Chicago where it was the Blues were just cycling the puck after it was dumped in. Kind of threw it to the point, and Jackman just stepped into one and uh, beats Halak, who might have been screened on it just a bit from the, his defenseman because of the angle. Um so Jackman gets a goal, and the Blues are up 2 nothing and playing pretty decent after the first period. 
That was uh, that was awesome. Um, just seeing Barrett Jackman. Anytime he scores, the the person you need to watch, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, is T.J. Oshie. The Jack uh, sign. Yeah, and, and it was it was instantly when when Jackman shot, and it seemed like it was untouched. I think it might it might have fluttered off a defenseman. I, I can't remember exactly, but um, I remember looking along the bench to see who was doing the the Jacks Jacks Jacks, and of course it was Oshie. And I think they even showed it on the TV broadcast when I saw it later. Um, that's so cool to see. I mean, it's it, it makes you wish Jackman scored more often so you could see that kind of thing. But uh, cool little celebration, and, uh, you know, it, it was a good shot. You know, I mean, he, he's not one for shooting. He's not one for slap shots especially. I mean, I, I could probably count on one hand how many slap shots I've seen the guy take. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I liked after the game we asked him about it. We said, uh, you know, how fast do you think that shot was going? He called it, quote, a Tim Wakefield special. So uh, he said it was probably about 38 miles per hour. Yeah, so we also uh, want to note that also Bacchus and uh, Jay Bomeister made their returns to the lineup as well. So the Blues yes. getting uh, back to full uh, full health almost pretty much, uh, minus uh, the Carl Gunnarsson. But Blues looking, uh, Bacchus with, of course, having his face basically ripped off the last month or so oh. via puck sticks, whatever else has been hitting him. And Jay Bomeister is still a has that groin issue, which uh, for had this Ironman streak for the longest time and has been out for uh, quite a bit, but it looks like uh, that's finally been resolved. And I um, wonder how much of that was them just saying, you know, the Ironman streak's gone, you're never going to get that back, you know, you, you might as well take a couple extra games here off, make sure everything's healed up, we're doing okay without you, uh, you know, come back when you feel like you're definitely 100%. You know, I... It's hard to say, but I think that might have been part of it, too. I mean, there's no point in rushing the guy back and saying, oh, you played this many games in your career. Let's keep that number going. And there's no point. Let the guy rest and uh, see what these uh, younger guys can do in a spot. Yeah, so the Blues, after, like I said, after one, leading to nothing. They get into the second period where I believe this is, I don't know if you've made the same uh, observation as myself and some other Blues fans. It seems like the second period, most of the time, is like the Blues downfall period where it seems like they like they get lackadaisical even more than usual, like in the defensive zone, a lot more chances for the other team. And it always seems like when they play really well in that first period and you think they're going to be okay, teams tend to claw back into it. Uh, one good example was the Edmonton game earlier this year where the Blues just completely dominated them in the first period, still only led one nothing. And then I think somehow it was 16 nothing, or not nothing, but 16, like, 4 or 5 in yeah. shots after the first period. Yeah, and then they were lo- actually wound up losing, not losing the game completely, but midway through the second, they were losing that game 2-1 to one yeah. after completely, like, having, I think, almost 25 shots to 10, not even that, yeah. even. Yeah, it was so, pretty bad. And, and you know, that's, that's always something, their downfall. Something I've noticed, Jason, is, is it seems like it's more in the home games as well, and I think uh, a big part of that is the long change, which... You know, a lot of people, you know, brush that off and say, oh, it's, you know, just a couple extra feet. But really, you got to figure, you know, part of that bench in the first and third period when you're the home team is, you know, in the in your defensive zone. So it really does make a huge difference. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's just, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental mental thing or if it's a fatigue thing, if they're getting worked too hard in practice, which a lot of people like to say. Um, it's really hard to say. I think mostly it's a mental thing. I just think they, uh, 
they come out with so much fire and, and it just lets off. They let off the gas in the second period and third period. They're it's kind of one of those oh sh moments, you know, like oh well we let off that second period. We better bring that fire back in the third. And it's just something that needs to be corrected. And and something Hitchcock has always preached is uh, getting back to playing a full sixty every night. Yeah, so this is where the Blues uh, start to kind of let it slip away. At the 16.03 mark, uh, John Tavares gets his 12th of the year from, once again, mess this name up, Kyle Ocposo. Hey, there it is. Yeah, I'd be really focused that time. <laughs> so uh, Blues down, Blues still up 2-1. to one. And this is the other thing which I think has been an issue on and off this year is the last 30 seconds of a period the Blues have been letting in a goal. And it's, it's and definitely it's, a problem. And it's something that it's a definitely either momentum, it's a momentum killer for your team and a big momentum uh, gain for your opponent when you can get that goal at the last second and you got the momentum going into the next period, whether it be the third period or the second period or even overtime for that matter. Um, that's something that I think, like you said before, the second period issue, they need to, that needs to be corrected as well. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, it's something that I mean, I've played hockey since I was 12 years old and I know you're playing floor hockey now, and you can probably vouch this a little bit. A goal at the very end of a period for the team that scores is such a momentum boost because you're going into the locker room, you're high-fiving, you're like, all right, we're in this, boys, we're in this, we're in this, especially when you tied the game up and you had a 2 nothing. Uh, last time you were in the locker room, you were down 2 nothing. Now you're all of a sudden you're tied 2-2. Um, it's troublesome, and it's something, uh, you know, we, we all remember, and not to make Blues fans want to step off the ledge, the playoff game in uh, game, uh, was it game six against the Kings two years ago when they yeah. let up a goal because uh, it was very lax play in the neutral zone. They turned the puck over, and all of a sudden, I believe it was Dustin Penner scored that big yeah. goal. So Correct. You know, that's the kind of stuff they need to stop. Um, you know, and I think they another part of it, too, and, you know, I'm not just trying to pinpoint it on one person. But uh, that Tavares goal was so weak. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I thought that uh, that Allen had a pretty good period. I mean, he did face 14 shots in that period, but that's a save he's got to make. I mean, I know it kind of bounced on him. It slightly deflected off, uh, I believe it was, uh, was it Butler or whoever was on yeah, the Butler ice. Butler was in the front, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and, but I mean, that he had enough time to pick that puck up, and, and any goalie coach, any. 42-year-old backup goalie in this game would tell you, squeeze those legs together. Do not let that hole be there at all in any situation. And uh, there was definitely a a gap there. And I think that was part of the reason the Blues really let off the gas at that point. And, I mean, once again, I'm not trying to to blame Allen. I'm also not trying to give the Blues a pass here because that's something that you need to pick yourselves up by the bootstraps and say, all right, guys, it's a close game. Let's get back to that intensity we had in the first period. And we just did not see that from this team. And all of a sudden, Miguel Grabowski uh, takes that sh- pretty – I mean, a lot of people blamed all on that shot. It was a it was one he that definitely – could, He could have stopped, but it was a yeah. very, very good shot by Grabowski. Yeah, it was a very quick release. That reminds me of, uh, I guess, Tarasenko's, but it was a real quick release where – even if it's a hard shot that's not exceptionally accurate, if it's a hard, quick shot, it's hard to pick up as a goalie. That's the so. kind of um, shot that apparently Grabowski uh, is known for. He was known for in Toronto for being able to uh, just fire pucks like that, but uh, just could not do it on a consistent basis, and, and that's kind of what got him that buyout two years ago and another reason why Washington 
was interested in bringing him back after last year. But, uh, you know, that was his uh, fifth goal of the season, and he's not doing too bad there on the island. Yeah, so he scored the 1954 mark, like you said, his fifth of the year from Franz Nielsen. So Blues going to a third period once again, uh, tied. So what it, what are the Blues going to do? Are the Blues going to rise up to the occasion, or, or are they going to wilt under pressure? So luckily, it seems like the Blues have been more on the rise to the occasion this year than wilting under pressure. So That's uh, the, yeah, which is something that I think is going to be beneficial in the long run. Uh, so there's an article I think either Tom Timmerman or um, Rutherford wrote today about the Blues having a lot of close games like during this this current win streak and uh, how it may be beneficial to them in the long run, which I think I completely agree that you're able to know that you can come back from any, from any deficit, that you, if you're down by two, even as we get to the LA Kings, you're able to make a comeback. So right. there's, a, there's a spoiler for later in the show. So at the 432 mark, Alexander Steen gets his second of the game, his seventh of the year, from Oshie and Jackman. So this is a sort of a, I guess not broken play, but kind of a scramble, and Oshie feeds the puck to Steen in the slot, gets the shot off, and uh, beats uh, Yaroslav Hlock to for the Blues to take the lead. You know, and the, the beauty of that goal, and I'll admit, in the press box, my arms went in the air because I thought – that was going to be the second goal of the game for Barrett Jackman. It yeah. it uh it was the shot came from Oshi off the side and, and he even said after the game he purposely shot it there uh hoping for a rebound because he saw Jackman crash in the net and uh it just just bounced off Jumped Jackman's over his stick, stick. Yeah. And I mean it would have oh man, can you imagine how crazy that bench would have gone if Jackman would have scored a second of the game there. So yeah. uh, just bounces over his stick. Still goes to another guy that, that was deserving of the goal. Uh, Steen gets his second instead of Jackman. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a good crash-the-net play, and the Blues did the right thing, having two guys go to the net with Oshi, who we all know can pick his corners and pick his spots. And I think he purposely shot it right at the uh, part of Halak that he wanted to shoot it at, and he got a perfect rebound for his teammate. Yeah, so it looks like uh, he used kind of maybe some old knowledge there that uh, was beneficial to him. So uh, later in the period, uh, a flurry of goals, which seems to be another theme this week uh, in this game and in another game later this week. Uh, the Blues score at the 15:47 mark. T.G. Oshie gets his fourth of the year from Patrick Berglund and Alex Petrangelo. Uh, Oshie pass by Berglund. I love yeah Berglund with an extremely nice pass that. Gives it right to Oshi. Oshi even with a better shot. Lays it top corner right above uh, the glove of Yaroslav Halak, which is something Blues fans know about, yeah. which they complained a lot about back. Okay, so Oshi knew where to go and buries it. Yeah, that was... 4-2, yeah, so um, the, the Blues in good shape. Oh, go ahead. So... Oh, no, go ahead. I'm, that was about it. So. Oh, well, I was going to say, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was good by Oshie to, to be uh, going to the net there. And as I said, just a beautiful pass from Berglund. And, um, you know, Twitter blew up with, oh, my God, Berglund made a nice play. And like, Yeah, well, he does yeah, it all the time. Just watch the game a little closer. Um, Correct. Yeah, that's my rant for the night. But, uh, no, it's uh, it was, it's refreshing to see those two, uh, you know, coming in on, the get, on a goal together. You know, that's the – Two of the players, two of the three young guys that uh, used to make up that kid line, and uh, always a, a little bit of excitement 
for Blues fans when they see those two connect. Yep, and uh, the scoring did not stop there. So the Blues at the 17:48 mark get a power play goal from Paul Stastny, his seventh of the year from Bacchus Anoshi. Just um, uh, Blues just you know working the puck around. Uh, I don't think I believe it was off a rebound. I don't think it was off a pass. Um, and he gets it, and it kind of goes in between the pad and arm and glove of uh, Yaroslav Halak. And Stasny was, I think, it was a little surprised he actually went in. So I think uh, some Islanders fans weren't happy with that goal. I think no, that, uh, and that's the, gave up know, on it. I think it was a, a pass from Bacchus to uh, to Stasny, and um, you know, and yeah, I mean, it was a low shot. It's probably one that if he would have stretched, he probably could have gotten. But at the same time, I mean, it that was the type of play that nine times out of ten, like we kind of talked about last week with, uh, I believe it was Berglund. Uh, yeah. with the the beautiful pass he made to uh, I don't remember who it was now. I'm totally uh, I don't want to talk, but anyway, uh, it was a beautiful pass that normally would be shot. That's normally a I'm on the side of the net. I'm a power forward. I'm just gonna throw it there, and either it's gonna slide through or it's gonna cause a rebound. But instead, he fed it in front to Stastny, and I think uh, it wasn't just Halak. It was a lot of the Islanders defensemen were unsuspecting of that, and um. That was the nice power play goal. I mean, uh, it was a it was one maybe like you said, Halak could have stopped, but at the same time, good movement on the points, good movement down low, and then uh, just a beautiful backdoor feed to Stastny. Yep. So at this point, it's five to two. It's looking pretty good. Um, fortunately, the goals did not stop for even the Islanders. So Islanders get a goal at the eighteen sixty mark from Kyle Okposo at his sixth of the year from Matt Donovan. Uh, this is an awesome shot. Man, yes. this is why this guy was picked in the first round. Um, top corner on snipes it past uh, Jake Allen. Allen was had his glove there, and he still blew it by him off a real quick snapshot from about the faceoff dot on yeah, the, no, the right hand side. Yeah. Even even Hitchcock said that was, you know, that was just a beautiful shot by Poso, and he didn't count any blame on the defense or on uh, on uh, Allen. I mean, that's not that's a that's a shot that. You know, most of the goalies in the league aren't going to stop. That was beautiful. Yeah, and then the Blues wrap it up with an empty net goal by Jaden Schwartz. It's 10th of the year from Shattenkirk and Yuri Leterre at the 1856 mark. And the Blues wrap this one up with a nice 6-3 to win. Uh, looking good. You know, nice to, be able, nice to see a lot of goals scored as well. I think that's always a thing the Blues fans are very wary about. Um, not be able to, you know, pot enough goals. We're just a defense-first team. But uh, you can tell this year that the Blues, there's a bigger emphasis on the actual, uh, you know, scoring goals, producing more offense. uh, A little more offensive creativity, yeah. Correct. And and honestly, I think that, uh, you know, this was a, a great, you know, a lot of people questioned whether Allen should be put in this game or not. I mean, they're... Uh, Brodor just won the last game against the Panthers, a very hard-fought victory for everyone on the ice. Um, and then he goes back to, to Allen for this game, but I like it. I mean, uh, we all remember the the terrible three goals against in that first period, the last time these two teams met. Um, yeah. This was just a, a, you know, a good bounce-back game for Allen. Um, you know, I once again, that first Islanders game, uh, two of those three goals I completely do not – set blame on him, but at the same time, he's looked a little shaky with his uh, saves. He's he's looked a little unsure of himself. He's been playing a little deep in his net. 
Um, and, you know, I think this was just a good game for him to come back, uh, get the victory, 25 saves in the win, uh, something he needed for his confidence, something going forward. And uh, obviously we're going to see a little more from Jake Allen this week and uh, some, some good strong play from him. Yeah, I was I was actually really happy that um, Hitchcock let Allen back in in this game. Um, it's a good confidence boost since we, it was kind of said during the, after the Chicago game and when Berger started whatever the next uh, the next game was after that, and Hitchcock made the comments in the media saying, you know, after the Chicago game, Jake has been feeling the pressure about you know taking the workload with Elliott being out, even with and having somebody like Berger back there. You could tell it was wearing on him, so we just think he needed a break. So something like that where you can tell that, you know, goalies are different, plain and simple. So it's, yes. it's good to see him give that confidence back to Allen and show like, hey, we still have faith in you. You're not, we're not saying we brought in Mark, uh, Martin Brodeur, you know, to back up you, not to take your job. Which, I mean, as the chagrin to some Blues fans who think it's the opposite, some conspiracy theory it's out there. But Jake Allen is going to be here a lot longer. He's, you know, 24, 25 years old. And uh, Martin Berger is 42, so um, I think you, know, you can tell a difference there. So Allen is not going to be sent to the minors or whatever hell I was reading this week about some people saying. Oh, there's some so, great stuff out there about the conspiracies on what's going to happen when Elliot comes back. And, uh, so, and he skated today on December 17th. I saw that he skated today at the uh, Blues uh, practice uh, facility. He's been skating a little, um, you know, not really taking shots, but uh, he's been skating, yeah. and that's a good sign, and... Uh, you know, once again, I think it just proves that there's no conspiracy theory here that, yeah. you know, they thought, okay, we're just going to let him get back to 100% in his own way, and, and uh, Brodor's here while he's hurt, and that could be three weeks or it could be two months. We don't know. And uh, it's seeming like right now there's a big possibility they know that, uh, you know, hey, this is Allen, this is all Allen, and then it's going to be Allen and Elliot. And then when that happens, you know, Thank you, Brodor. You were great, but time for uh, time for you to move on. Yeah, so that's how it's going to be, Blues fans. You heard it here first. That's so, right. So I was moving to the Saturday game, and the Blues go back on the road again. Uh, they're in Colorado to face the pesky Avalanche for, I believe, the first time this year, if I'm not mistaken. Second? Second, maybe. I could be wrong. I'm going to check that. Keep talking. Okay, so the Blues uh, go to... Um, Colorado for a uh, night game. So the Blues, uh, unfortunately, didn't get the lead in this one. I'll be honest, I actually had a date night with my wife during this game. So I had the, I watched a little bit on tape because apparently my DVR did not like to start on time. Second so game I, I of the season part of this game. against them. There we go. I knew I thought the it was first second. one was on November 1st, and they won that at home 3-2 in a shootout. So there you go. So... Uh, once again, another former Blue uh, come back to haunt the Blues at the 14:01 mark. Uh, Eric Chris Johnson. Stewart. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Man. He, does, <laughs> he doesn't score more goals anymore. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's uh, Eric Johnson gets a power play goal, his fifth of the year from Nick Holden and Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, from everything I read, it sounded like this was just a blast of a shot from the point. It was. It was absolutely a blast, and you know, it it uh, it really made you question. Why did the Blues trade him, uh, right? Yeah, I I'm guess. Kidding. I'm kidding. That that was, uh, once again, a topic of conversation amongst Blues fans after that, and it's just like we got Kevin Shattenkirk out of the deal. And honestly, you know, a lot of people, including 
Mr. Stastny's dad. Um, thought when this trade went down, myself included, this was a steal for the Blues. But mm-hmm. looking at it now, you look at the players that remain on Pretty the even. roster, it's it's an even deal. Uh, Eric mm-hmm. Johnson's been great for the Avalanche, and obviously Kevin Shattenkirk's been fantastic for us. Um, and then if you want to get more technical with it, uh, we've got Ty Ratty in that deal, and we also got uh, Chris Stewart was part of the reason we were able to get uh, Ryan Miller a piece that we thought could bring us a Stanley Cup last year. So, you know, and, you know, like I said, Eric Johnson's been their anchor on the blue line. So uh, I think it's been a, a wash of a trade, but uh, it it shows you, man, that's that was his fifth of the season, Eric Johnson, and uh, he's definitely a guy that likes to come back and haunt his former team. Yeah, as we'll see later in the game. So, and then about a minute and 22 seconds later, uh, Blues get in, Blues get their own power play, and Kevin Shattenkirk comes back and answers it. A guy who likes fourth. to haunt his former team. Exactly. So he gets his fourth year from Jaden Schwartz and Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, just another point shot, just but his was more of a wrist shot, so a little bit different. Found yeah, that one was I, that one was one. Um, when I saw it, I thought, you know, that was that was a goal that I have scored more often than the pretty goals because it was a complete scramble in front. And don't worry, I'm going to give Shattenkirk some credit here as well. But um, it was a, it was just a scramble in the net. Calvin Pickard couldn't find the puck. It just kept squirting left and right and front, but just no, it wasn't going in the net. While the puck pops out to Shattenkirk, um, instead of what I would normally do is just take the puck and shoot it towards the open net and hope you don't hit a defenseman, he held it, held it, held it, waited, 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 shot it, and then just went top shelf on Pickard, who was uh, swimming in his crease. Uh, it was just a, a really, really nice patience by Shattenkirk. Um, more patience than I would have had, but uh, a, a good goal. And, and once again, just showing the avalanche, hey, look at what you guys could have had. Mm-hmm. So another thing which we'll get into more, I was super impressed by uh, the avalanche going with Calvin Pickard, who has kind of taken that job there and ran with it uh, since uh, Simeon Varlamov has been uh, on and off injured with a groin injury. Uh, I, th- I was really impressed, and he's actually I've seen a couple of games uh, just watching since they have the NHL center ice package, just flipping around some nights. And more night, more more than not, the the only reason the Avalanche are in some games is because this kid is you know playing awesome. So well, Varlamov a- cannot stay healthy; he keeps getting hurt. Um, Red Obera, I believe, is their their usual backup. Backup, and he has not been good. No, he hasn't been good, and he's he also was, was hurt earlier in the year, and he's working yeah. himself out of a job. So, yeah, he yeah. stepped up uh, strong for them. He's he's a good uh, good solid. I believe he's a draft choice of theirs, and uh, you know, really so. shining for him. I was really surprised last year uh, with the Red Obera trade at the Avalanche. And it, like, it, obviously they knew that they were going to lose uh, Jaguar last year to retirement, but I was really surprised that they went out and picked somebody up like Barra, who was not having, he was having an okay season in Calgary behind a not so good team. But I guess they maybe they thought that it can get Barra for a decent um, you know, trade and then he would do a lot better under a better team, which unfortunately that gamble is not, in my eyes, not paid off. He's he's the one that has the uh, the bicycle kick save last week or last year, right? Yes, he had a really good. It was, maybe, maybe it was like top five he play. Just do that with every single play he makes. Yeah, he maybe a, I don't know. No, you know, and this gets to something that that I've begged the question to many people and they never have an answer for me. 
And I'm not trying to say Redobera is the worst goalie to ever play the game, but at the same time, he has, does not have a proven track record. Um, it's looked weak, honestly, sometimes even over when he was playing in Europe. And then a guy also who I say, and I, I will make this claim, I think is the worst goaltender in the NHL, that is Curtis McElhaney of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, Blue Jackets. German. yeah, guys like that, it makes you wonder, how do these guys get jobs in the NHL? You know, I mean, there's so many capable goalies out there. Look at Ilya Brzezgalov. You know, yeah, people want to complain about the way he played in Philadelphia, but let's face it, at the very worst when he was in Philadelphia, he was a what would a good backup should be. So yeah. he's a good backup. How did he go so long this season without getting a contract? And then uh, and the personality it has to be. I mean, yeah, it has to be. But you know, it's me. like yeah. is that really that bad of a thing? Goalies are insane, and, and yeah. you goalies listening, you know it. You know, you know, I'm not lying to you. Yeah, so it's it's uh, and he played actually pretty decent last night. He actually came in in relief last night for the Ducks last night. Yeah, he did. Uh, Try to clean up that mess that Anderson left him. Yeah, so yeah, so I was interested. Uh, that was interesting. So one uh, one after the first period, there was an old man fight at the end of this period. Uh, Jerome McGinley and Burr Jackman got into it at the nineteen fifty eight mark, which I made note of that. Not yes, too much was, was done. Not no, too much. It was, just a, too much. it was more of a wrestling match. Yeah, that happens. But, but it was, it was what, cool. What, it was kind of cool to see, like Gimlin and Jackman. So two basically, well, basically elder statements of, of each team. Uh, Jack outside of Broder, Jackman's the oldest guy on the Blues. I and, will say that uh, Barrett Jackman, Barrett Jackman. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash the guy, but I do feel like when when he was our number one, I felt like Jerome McGinley more than anyone else would score almost every single time he played against us. And I can remember multiple plays from 06, 07, 08, when he would just literally walk Barrett Jackman. And I'm not, once again, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Jackman. I think he would even joke with you about it right now if you were to ask him about it. But, um, you know, so it's just one of those things, like when I, when I saw that happen, I thought, that's Jackman's payback. You know, hey, you, you, know, you, you made me look like a fool all those years. Now I'm going to get you back with with my fist the best way I know how to. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a good fight, but, but I, uh, I enjoyed more what happened right after that. Did you see that? Um, I don't remember exactly what happened. Made, Jackman made a friend in the uh, penalty. Box. Ah, yes. The, uh, with the uh, little girl off to the left, that had many different, uh, memes that have popped up on the internet and made a yeah. lot of actually different websites, uh, which is a uh, good, I, I'd like to see like something like that. Just, that puts the blues out there. Like it was on, I think I believe it was on, uh, I saw it on uh, Deadspin and a couple other uh, those websites, like, you know, similar to that deadline, stuff like that. Well, well it's, and cool. Then, it's cool to see stuff like that out there, you know. And also, to, to go along with what you're saying, the fact that it was Barrett Jackman, too. I mean, he's got such yeah. a bad reputation around the league for being a nasty boy and nobody likes him. And, you know, and then you see him do something like that. And not only does it show you that Barrett Jackman is a human being, it shows you that some of the nastiest guys in the league are have some of the biggest hearts, and uh, you know I think Blues fans know that from uh, the years that we had Chase and Twist and Reed Low here. Um, but you know now people outside of here can see that uh, these nasty players, man, they uh, they care about their fans and they care about the people showing up to the games. Yeah, so I. You know, that was a funny thing to see because, like I said, I missed probably most of this game due to having a, a date night. So let's get into the second period. I did see this goal. 
at the 816 mark, Alex Petrangelo gets his third of the year um, unassisted. Basically, the Blues uh, capitalize on some uh, spotty defensive play by the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, Shaq Kirk, uh, excuse me, Shaq Kirk Petrangelo gets the puck at the point, uh, just throws a shot from the point, and I believe uh, Oshie was kind of just skating near the crease and distracted Pick, uh, Pickard enough and uh, go, goes by uh, Pickard for the Blues to take a 2-1 to one lead. That was actually uh, Bacchus that was Bacchus, uh, thank real you. close. Yeah, it was Bacchus. He, uh, actually, when that shot went in, I, I thought that was Bacchus that had tipped it, but he took a swing at it and whiffed, but I think that uh, kind of reminds me of the Sean Avery, Martin Brodeur thing, as much as I hate to bring that up. <laughs> um, the, the wagon, the stick in front of his face. I face, think it's yeah. just... It's one of those things when you and not that Bacchus did that intentionally, but you know he's he's reading the puck because it was a straight on shot, and the next thing you know is he sees the stick barreling down right in front of his eyes. Uh, it missed him, but I think it distracted him enough to where um, he lost sight of the puck and it just got past him. So uh, good job by uh, by Mr. Bacchus to get his butt to the net, and then uh, good job by Petrangelo just to fire it on net and hope for the best. Uh, unfortunately, the Blues cannot hold this lead, and Eric Johnson gets his second of the game at the 1836 mark, sixth of the year from Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, basically, a three-on-two play. Um, Johnson gets the puck uh, off a of feed from McKinnon on the right-hand side. Excuse me, and uh, just fires a, a nice shot right a blocker side. Blues blocker side on. Allen, uh, he might have been screened slightly by uh, sliding uh, Petrangelo. Am I right there, Petrangelo? Yeah, I believe that was yes. Petrangelo. And he was down on one knee, and it kind of uh, went just by uh, Petrangelo, which maybe caused you know Allen to lose the I puck. I lied. That, that was Bo Meester. Was Bo Meester. It was between yeah. his legs, as I remember. Right it went between Bo Meester's legs up and on the right side of Allen for a 2-2 two -two game. And it stays that way through the third period, despite the Blues. Uh, a lot of back-and-forth play this period. Um, yeah. We at Both shots teams got a couple power plays. In the third period. I mean, that the fact that you have 13 shots aside tells you there was a lot of offense, but no goals. Yeah, uh, both uh, both teams had a couple power plays, nothing going. Uh, so the Blues going to overtime. And in overtime, T.G. Oshie gets the goal at the 103 mark, his fifth of the year from Jackman and Shattenkirk. A uh, nice feed from Jackman, who was along the left-hand boards. Uh, the Blues are kind of cycling the puck. Gets the puck to Oshie, who is cutting across in the uh, slot. Oshie kind of does the turn, and I kind of like turns his body and fires as he's skating and kind of going against the grain. Uh, and it wasn't a hard shot, which made it through uh, Pickard off. It was kind of a knuckleball flutterer, and I think that's what threw him off because he was ready for the sh yeah, not ready for the shot, but at least he was there, but I think expecting a lot harder shot and just fluttered by his glove and into the net. And the Blues win 3-2 to two in overtime. Well, it proves you. I mean, this is something that, that you learn as a kid when you're playing hockey and something that uh, I coached high schoolers and, and something I told them, you know, numerous times. If you don't have a good play, just shovel it to the net. You never know what's going to happen. And, and not saying that's what Ochi did. I mean, I think he was shooting a score there, but just shows you any shot can go in at any time. So uh, good shot by Oshi, good placement there. Um, and just a, once again, just a really beautiful pass from Barrett Jackman. And what do you know? The Blues' tough defenseman, the guy who just fought Jerome McGinley, four points in four games. What do you know about yeah, that? Tearing it up, yeah. He's had a uh, really good season. I mean, he's almost above uh, 10 points already. 
as a somebody who really struggled even when he was having top minutes to get points when the Blues were not that good. Um, it's been very beneficial that he's, I believe, as much as Blues fans don't want to believe this, I believe he's doing the best of his ability to adapt to the quote-unquote new NHL. Um, he's learned to make the stretch passes. Um, he's, you know, moving up in the play. For being a quote-unquote defensive defenseman, he's added more offense to his game than you would think he would have. In my I'd opinion, say my, my only, the only qualm I have with Jackman at this point in his career is uh, he does still kind of, I think he, when he gets pressured in the offensive zone, and to be completely honest, every Blues defenseman except Chris Butler is guilty of this. Um, mm. When they get hemmed in their own zone, they just they try to fire it up the boards and, and don't look up, and that has caused too many, 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 Turnovers, many good yeah. chances for other teams. So um, that's something that needs to be worked on, but like I said, that's not just Jackman. That's uh, everyone on the ice except Chris Butler. Yeah, so... Uh, something like I'll keep an eye on, actually, for the next game when I watch. So the Blues come back home for a home-and-home home series against the dreaded L.A. Kings. And this is called by uh, some Blues players, and I believe Coach Hitchcock uh, is a, like kind of a mini-playoff. That's how they're approaching it. So uh, the Blues, as Blues fans know, has been knocked out of the last two out of three playoffs uh, by these L.A. Kings, losing 9 of 11. So... You know, rivalry is developing here. So every time the Blues play this team, um, I think in the stands there's a you know general excitement more than if you know the, like you said the Islanders are in town, um, and even like a Chicago. You can, I'm almost you're borderline hate them as much as I hate them, but at least you have a rivalry as much with them as you do Chicago. Yeah, and and to be honest, there's a that's the one problem I think with the NHL schedule. Uh, the way it is. I mean, they are going to play the Kings uh, one more game this season after this game, and so that makes three on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the one problem with the new schedule and the way the divisions are aligned and, and how you play every team at least once at home um, is that you don't see the other teams from the other division in your conference as much as you might uh, in the old setup. So, uh, you know, yeah, you're you're – you know, I, I feel like there have been rivalries developed between Minnesota, Colorado, and Dallas, but at the same time, like this this rivalry was really growing, and, and it's one of those things. Yeah, the Kings had dominated, and I always say when one team dominates the rivalry, is it really a rivalry? But talking to Kings fans, uh, they've actually even said that there is uh, quite a rivalry uh, between these two teams. You know, going back a couple of years ago. And they used to say, you know, that, that they could feel their team would really kind of rise up when they would face the Blues. And and so it's kind of a shame you won't see them uh, after Thursday's game. You don't see them at all until maybe April or May, whenever you, the playoffs are and whenever whatever round you might face them in. But uh, just that's the one shame of the scheduling. But like I said, once again, you're developing new rivalries and you still got the Blackhawks in your division. Yeah, so it'll be... Uh... That's I think like you said, and I was going to bring up the scheduling too, which is it'd be nice to see somebody like the LA Kings more, since you have the budding rivalry and you want to keep that should be a game that is there, you know, an actual rivalry game for uh, you know NBC Sports Network to actually put on instead of putting two random teams and saying oh it's rivalry night. When it's right. Like, yeah. Well, you know about the huge rivalry between the Boston Bruins and the Minnesota Wild. I mean, yeah. Or is know, that that was yeah that was tonight's game. Get any better than that? Like, 
Yeah, I know. And what was it like? It was Ottawa and like Carolina the other oh, couple yeah, weeks ago, and it's like I don't think they need to stop calling it that. Just call it Wacky Wednesday. How about yeah, that? Yeah, or something. Something that's you know. I don't know. Wild, so anyway, let's get into Wednesday. this. You just show wild games. How about that? Yeah, let's do that. That'll be easy. Wild yeah, Wednesday. Easy. Easy. Maybe you might get the blues in there every now and then. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so um, we get into this game on Tuesday, uh, the 16th. Today is the 17th. So it'll be the 16th of December. Uh, the first period, I, I believe, the just watching this game, it seemed like the blues are just a half step behind at some parts and it took a little bit to get going, which. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's a theme, sometimes not. I don't. It seems like when it's the games you're supposed to be up for, like the Chicago's, the you know Kings, uh, even maybe the Detroit game, it seems like your the Blues just don't come out like firing and super pumped up and are always a step behind. And 21 seconds in, like uh, Bowmeister takes a penalty, which didn't help. You well, know, and I think too to, to jump on part of that, and actually this is some goes back to something I said to you last week about how when there's a lot of whistles. It seems mm-hmm. like the Blues just kind of get out of tempo and, and they kind of lose a step. And, and, you know, they're very much a transition team to where they, they want the game to keep going with less whistles. That first, I, I even tweeted about it right when the game started. I believe there's three whistles in the first 21 seconds of the game. And, you know, and it's just right off the bat, I got the feeling like, oh, this is not going to be the Blues' night. It's just uh, too many whistles already. That's that's I feel like that's the Kings game. I feel like they want more whistles they play better when Cook's covering the puck every time he gets it, and uh, that's why they, you see guys like Dustin Brown crashing the net like crazy because they not only do they want to try and score a goal there, but they want to stop play if they don't get a goal. So, you know, this just right away had the feeling of a Kings win to me, and uh, like you said, Bomeister takes that early penalty. Allen covered the puck up twice in like the first minute, and, you know, I'm thinking, uh, here we go, but... Uh, you know, after that, I really did feel like the game kind of calmed down. There was a about a five-minute span where there wasn't any whistles, and the Blues kind of started coming at quick a little bit, getting a couple shots from the point. Um, but, yeah, I agree. That first period uh, was mostly Kings. I believe the shots were 11-6. to six. Yeah, that's yeah. right, 11-6. Yep, 11-6. So that was, uh, you know, that that's kind of the Kings game. They'll, they're uh, they're going to lay back, let you come at them, and then they're going to take their chances when they get them, and then they're going to step back and hold the lead. But, uh We'll, we'll try not to give too much away here, but uh, the Blues really kind of kept coming and kept coming to where the Kings couldn't take them. Yeah, so the first period, like you said, dominated by the Kings, and the second period, uh, the Kings get, uh, like the I call it the Keith Kachuk goal. Uh, the 539, Marion Gabber gets his sixth of the year from Justin Williams and Drew Doherty. Um Basically a mad scramble in front of the net where I think nine of the ten skaters on the ice were in the crease. It was a mad scene where the puck was initially shot by Justin Williams coming down the left wing, and Allen sort of makes the save, but it rolls up his arm and down his pad and is rolling into the net, but Chris Porter is in the crease, saves a goal, essentially, for about three more seconds, kicks it out, and unfortunately it's not covered. And uh, the puck is just loose, and Gabrick is able to jam it home for the one nothing lead for uh, the LA Kings. Yeah, that was an ugly goal. I mean, it's just uh, something that you just hope that Allen can can find it and uh, get a pad on it and keep it. But once again, that's that's what the Kings are going to do. They're they're very much a team that that uh, if if you're once again if you're a coach, and I've actually once again when I coached, I told my team this. Um, you know, you 
if you're wanting to to try and preach to your players uh, to to keep playing until the whistle, tell them to watch an LA Kings game because that's what they do. They just keep jamming at you. They'll keep coming at you until they hear that whistle. And uh, a perfect example here on this goal, they just kept jamming away, and all of a sudden the puck's in the back of the net, and they're up one nothing. Yeah. So uh, the Blues, uh, you know, go a little back and forth, get a couple of shots, but unfortunately are not able to score. Uh, but Marion Gabbert gets a goal at the 11-minute mark, a power play goal. His second of the game is seventh of the year from Kopitar and Carter. Um, this is more of a, I think there's a miscommunication between Shattenkirk and I believe the forward coming back. Lapierre. Uh, Lapierre, where um, Shattenkirk came out to cover Kopitar, who had the puck um, down low on the left-hand side on the Allen's left. Um, Kopitar makes a pass between uh, Shattenkirk's legs to a virtually wide open uh, Gabrick who has a tip and the puck is tipped off the post and in past Allen. Uh, LaPierre was about mm, about a step or two behind uh, getting there for coverage. So a little miscommunication, like I said there. So unfortunately yeah. the Blues are down two to nothing in the second period. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, that, that was just, a, and this is something that, that I've talked about and I, I know that Rutherford, actually not Rutherford, but, um, Strickland has actually said before that uh, this is this is the type of play the Blues have allowed way too many times this year. It's uh, that backdoor play. It just seems like they they get uh, they get in their position and, and then they're covering everybody well. And then there's just one like sidestep by the guy with the puck, or uh, maybe it's just a, a little switch in the offensive flow for the other team. And all of a sudden, there's a guy just wide open on the other side of the net. And as you said, uh, you know, exactly, exactly what happened. I mean, Shattenkirk stepped off his man. Lapierre wasn't ready to move back. And all of a sudden, Gabbert's wide open. And uh, just a, a really nice pass there by Kopitar, which he's going to do that to you every time when he gets a chance. Uh, but my question to you, Jason, is when this goal was scored, did you think this game was over? Um, yes. I did, too. I was, I, I mean, not to be a pessimistic Blues fan, like uh, there are a lot of us out there just uh, from history, uh, with the just the way L.A. Kings, it's just where the Blues just um, have this mental block yep. where it's like we can't do it against L.A. Kings. It just seems it's very odd to me that uh, last year they did beat the Blues, and people say, well, they beat the Kings last year 5 nothing, but it was around this time of the year where the Kings were struggling, and lo and behold, we're at a point where the Kings lost 4-5 or five going into this game. It's struggling. So, but the Kings of right now are not the same Kings that show up in February through April. No, they're not. And it's, it's, uh, but it's just, it always has been, you know, there was that game last year when I believe they had Martin Jones in net and we beat them five, nothing. And everybody's like, Oh, we're, we're steamrolling the Kings now, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of like, well, but we didn't have quick in there. And I feel like that's uh, not just because he's a great goalie, but because, He's the one of the guys that's in the Blues' heads that they can't beat him, just like how Pecorino used to be for the Blues. So, yeah. um, you know, I I think that what we're about to see here um, is going to definitely help us in the future. But uh, I mean, at this moment, I'm sitting here thinking, is this team ever going to be able to score on Jonathan Quick again? And if they do, is it ever going to be in a timely fashion? But uh, an old friend of ours, number 91, had an answer for us. Yes, and he answered back a minute 29 later. Vladimir Tarasenko, Russian Jesus, gets his 18th of the year. 
from Steve Ott and Chris Butler. So this play starts essentially at the Blues red line. Um, by red line, I mean the goal line. Uh, Butler has Buck in the corner, makes a long stretch pass up to Ott at the uh, LA Kings blue line and moves across the line. Uh, Butler and Ott throws a to uh, pass to Tarasenko in the slot, and Tarasenko with just a laser of a shot beats quick glove side from the slot about a good 30 feet out, maybe. I'm estimating there, 20, maybe yeah, 20 feet say, out. You're about right. Let's say 25. Yeah, I'll say 25. And, I mean, it was a, ro- a rocket of a wrist shot. I mean, Quick was going to his uh, right to track Tarasenko, and Tarasenko just rips it and beats him glove side. Didn't have a chance. And did you know, Jeff, that the Blues uh, have finally scored a goal against the LA Kings in regulation for the first time in almost 192 minutes? Oh, wow. That, Since last year. No, so I know what year. happens here at the end of the game. That makes me depressed. Yes, and you think that uh, the, technically the Blues had a sh- penalty shot goal that T.J. Oshie scored last year, but that obviously, but we're talking regulation minutes. Right. Uh, so 192, you're looking at, that's three games, over three games that the Blues did not have a goal against this goalie. Um, oh. So it was uh, a little, it was impressive to say that the Blues <laughs> struggled with that that much last year. I didn't realize it was that bad last year. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty so, terrible. Yeah, so just seeing what happens next makes, uh, you know, let's put that in the past and move forward, and that's what the Blues did. Um, well, so after, wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you something real quick before we get into it. this. What, uh, obviously, Hitchcock had to make some line changes here with, with uh, well, we didn't mention it, TJ Oshie uh, yes. was not in this game as he uh, missed with some family reasons, which, uh, you know, has come out to some people. I mean, you can mention it if you want, Jason, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it alone. But all I will say is, uh, you know, uh, my wishes and, and uh, my all my thoughts go to uh, Oshie and his family at this time. But either way, um, I will say with that, obviously, there was some line shuffling going on. Uh, Schwartz had moved lines. And on the Laterra-Tarasenko line, at this point, we see Steve Ott out there. What did you think of this line? Um, I know some Blues fans are about ready to give up on this game, uh, right. just because of that move. I think, um, especially well, one uh, our good buddy Tyler Atwood. I just love seeing the the tweet like, "What the?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Don't worry, I'm with you on that one." Um, man, I kind of I, but they had a couple impressive shifts actually, which is the crazy thing. Like he got led to this goal. But right before that, Steve Ott had a chance on the doorstep. Uh, if you remember that scramble right in front after... Uh, I thought he was going to have it. Yeah, so I mean, His first it led to some chances, I guess. So I guess there's a method to Hitch's madness. No, I, I like that line, honestly. I, I thought, you know, at first when I saw it, and I, I was I was like, no, 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 no. I was with the rest of Blues Nation. But, you know, then I really just kind of thought about it. And it's like, yeah, you know, maybe Ott doesn't have the speed. But when they're on the offensive zone... Laterra is going to keep feeding Tarasenko. Odd is not a terrible passer by any means, um, and he's going to crash the net. So if you have Odd standing in front, and you know obviously he's like a, a basically like a lesser David Backus in front of the net, um, you got him in front. You got Laterra passing the puck back and forth with Tarasenko. Shots coming from far out, you know that could create some havoc there with Steve Ott in front of the net. So. Uh, it really, and it, yeah, as, as I said, it worked out here, and, and, and you know, we'll see it. Actually, I guess it really didn't kind of work out later. I think that was a power play goal. But either way, uh, you know, I, I like this line. I'm excited to see it uh, in the next game if, if Hitch sticks with it. But, uh, you know, really, uh, at first you want to 
pull your hair out, but then you think, you know, this this might actually work. Yep. So it was real interesting uh, there with that uh, play. Like you said, uh, Oshie being gone for the uh, game, he'll be. But he was the Blues did say like before the game he would be back for the road trip. He made it with the Blues in L.A. Had some family issues he had to deal with. Uh, it's come out there, so I'm sure if Blues fans know. We don't need to go over it here. Right. Um. So Blues going to third period, down two to one. Uh, I believe after the Tarasenko goal, they woke up. They were actually after the second Kings goal. I think the Blues, I think they had that fire lit under them and were attacking the Kings' defense. They were forechecking well. Had their sticks in the lane. They were clogging everything up. Um, especially in the third period, uh, an impressive stat, which we'll uh, talk about as we go into the third period. As we go through everything, I'll give you a very interesting stat, which shows you the type of game where I think the Blues played essentially the perfect third period that you could play at home. Um, so let's just get into it. So the Blues, I believe, had a lot of pressure to start and finally paid off with Jaden Schwartz getting a power play goal, his 11th of the year, from Kevin Shattenkirk and Tarasenko. Uh, basically, the uh, shot was originally credited to Shatkirk for most of this game, and then this goal was changed after the game, or maybe towards the end of the game it was changed. I think it was after the game because I was in the locker room when I heard they had changed it. Okay, so I know it was either late or after the game it got changed. So originally it was given to Shattenkirk. The shot from the point of uh, Jaden Schwartz right in front looks like it. From after seeing the replay, I even commented well to my wife, but she really wasn't paying attention nor cared. Um, <laughs> That I said, it looks like I look. I hit Schwartz on the way in there, and she's like, "That's great." And I'm, I'm reading. Like, <laughs> and you keep reading. I'm gonna watch the rest of the game. <laughs> and so the Blues, mind you, have this power play due to a couple of uh, penalties here by the Kings. Uh, the first one was a Dustin Brown high sticking penalty against Chris Butler in the corner, uh, and this was actually during uh, a Kings power play. Uh, Petrangelo was off a high sticking Justin Williams in a similar manner, actually. Mm-hmm. So it kind of almost offset each other. But the reason the Blues got this five on three due to Vladimir Tarasenko uh, absolutely walking Robin Regeer. Yeah, and and Regeer was forced to take a penalty because of it, and that and uh, that's just the drive of Tarasenko. I mean, that guy just he doesn't give up, and and. Uh, and I'll go ahead and tell you, after the game, uh, one of my favorite quotes came from Ken Hitchcock. He said that uh, when when Tarasenko gets one, he gets hungry, and he gets really hungry. And that's exactly what we saw here. He scored that goal in the second period and uh, just absolutely lit a fire under him and, and uh, just was looked like a man possessed out there. He just uh, was trying to walk people. He made a, oh, my gosh, if... I mean, yeah, it was nice to see the Blues get a five-on-three because of that, but I was so sure he was going to score on that play, and it was going to be another one of those New York Rangers plays that we saw earlier this year. So uh, just a a great drive by him to keep going, and a great job forcing the penalty, and then obviously leads to that big goal by the Blues to tie the game up. Yep, so the Blues are on this five-on-three, and they get the goal on this five-on-three, which uh, this is the first Blues uh, five-on-three goal of the year, believe it or not, folks. Yeah, we asked Tarasenko about it after the game, and he wasn't too happy about having to answer that. He just was like, oh, we don't look at the stats. Yeah, 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 right, you don't. (laughs) Yeah, but luckily the Blues get one at 11-20 mark, like I said, from uh, Schwartz, from Shattenkirk and Tarasenko. Uh, the Blues, at the 13-minute mark, get another goal to take the lead. A power play goal from Ter- Vladimir Tarasenko, his second of the game, his 19th of the year, from Alex Petrangelo and Jay Bomeister. Uh Tarasenko just 
I believe on this play he was not a scramble per se, but uh, it was another one of those that you know you might see in a men's league game, and uh, you know Tarasenko yeah. was just in the right in the right spot. I mean, he, prime scoring area. So. Yeah, he got that great pass from Petrangelo, and then just just fired it right where he needed to, and uh, he was. And that was another beauty of it was the fact that um, I think he waited for the screen. I'm not sure which defenseman that was that was uh, screening quick, but it, it I was Matt, I'll like say he, Matt Green, if I want to yeah, say. Yeah, he, he stepped in. Actually, it might have been Drew Doughty. Um, was it? I know they both were out there during that time. So. Yeah, so he waited, kind of waited, 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 and then found an opening in, in whatever the defenseman was and then just fired it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great goal. I mean, I say it, was, it looks like a men's league goal. Not by the shot. I mean, that was a hard, hard shot, but mm-hmm. just a, a weird little play in front that led to this. And, uh, you know, Tarasenko, once again, is the stud and, and uh, helped the Blues out here in a big way. And, and luckily, the scoring did not stop. Uh, less than a minute later, at the 13.50 mark, Alexander Steen gets his eighth year from Bacchus and Berglund. So a nice little passing play here where Bacchus gets it across to Steen, who is streaking in the slot. Actually, Steen stops it with his skate, uh, kicks it to his stick, and is able to put it past quick. And I believe this is the one where Matt Green was actually in front. That might have been uh, it. And then uh, goes uh, blocker side on this one. And this is the goal where after the game, I don't know if you were able to heard this or if you were in a locker room for this one either, but where uh, Daryl Sutter came out and said he needed his goalie to stop some of those, where, in, in my opinion, he kind of put this game, some of the goals on quick, which I don't think. No, and this one, I guess you I could say it was weak. Now, if you had to say a week, I guess this one is, but I really didn't think it was. It was a three-on-two rush, and a guy's in a prime scoring area, and you're talking about somebody who had 30, like we said, 30-plus goals last year. So um, I didn't see his point of bringing that up. So yeah, that's um, I did not I, hear I don't know if it's that his way of lighting a fire under somebody, kind of like what Hitchcock maybe did with Stastny. You know, maybe. Yeah, who knows? and you know, in this too, you know, it's easy for the winning team, the team that came back in this game, to sit here and you know the fans of that team to say, oh, we just took it to the Kings, nothing they could do. And you know, the Kings fans are sitting there saying, oh, we gave up, we gave that game to them. Blues fans have that happen all the time, you know, where we say, oh, we gave up in the third period. But, you know, really, trying to look at this game as objectively as I can, it really was the Blues just pouring it on and not letting the the Kings have any room to breathe. They just kept coming at them, kept coming at them. As we talked about with the Tarasenko play, uh, caused a a penalty that that had to be taken. I mean, Regeer had to take that that penalty. He was right in the slot and would have had about the same – distance Steen was on when Steen scored. He was right in front of the net, ready to fire a shot. Yep, exactly. So he had to do it. That's a good penalty, but... With his accuracy, he's going to hit that every time if if Quick gives him any kind of opening at all. So And, you know, the shots were 8-1 to in this period, and this this Steen goal was uh, the the third goal in two and a half minutes exactly. I mean, the the Blues Mm -hmm. just kept pouring on. And as a personal note, uh, if those of you that follow me on Twitter, a little... Shameless plug here, jponder94. I'm sitting there trying to tweet all the goals as they're announcing them, and I know that uh, Tom Calhoun, the announcer for the Blues, was thinking the same thing as me. I'm trying to listen to him, and he's calling the, you know, here's, you know, Blues goal scored by Vladimir Tarasenko, assisted by Petrangelo and Bomeister, and he's trying to lay them up, but the Blues just keep scoring goals. So I'm sitting there trying to tweet all these goals out and make sure everybody knows who got the assist, and I'm thinking, I feel like I just threw my hands up, and I'm like, 
are they going to stop scoring so they can let me breathe for a second? And you got to think that the Kings are thinking the same thing. Like, this team needs to let off at some point, but they just kept coming, kept coming, and uh, and it, obviously we, we know what happened here in this game, but uh, if that's the kind of team we see the rest of the season, they're going to be unstoppable. Yep, so it was a good, uh, good thing to see, uh, especially then Tarasenko caps off the hat-trick, his second of his career, his second of the season, to be more uh, accurate, at the 18:36 mark, basically steals the puck along the boards where Schwartz was already battling uh, with him with a couple, like about three kings, and Schwartz still was able to get that puck loose when Tarasenko was able to be right there and put it in the empty net. His 20th already of the year. Not even at Christmas, and Tarasenko's at 20 goals already. His career high is 21, all which he scored all of last year. So he's one goal away from tying his career high, and we're not even at the Christmas mark yet, which is amazing. So Schwartz with the assist there. The Blues going to win 5-2. to two. So the yeah, interesting stat, uh, which I wanted to bring up to you, which you probably know already, which, like I said, the Blues, I think, played the probably the, one of the best periods you could possibly play, especially against a team that is, you know, the one, defending Stanley Cup champion, uh, two, you know, a team that's been your thorn in your side for almost three seasons, three seasons now. The L.A. Kings had one shot on goal in the third period. Yep, it's one shot. Um, and from what I, from going back and kind of watching this game over again, um, it was a meaningless shot that was near the end of that period where they had six attack, not six attackers, but it was after it was in between the Steen and Tarasenko empty netter goal. So they almost went half, almost three quarter, two thirds of the period without a shot. Yeah, they uh, they, they really were up they, two to one, and the Blues were just the more hungry team. And you know, Tarasenko gets the goal. Uh, the St. Patrick Center gets a whole bunch of new hats to donate to people. So right. good for them. So, in the Blues, on a five-game winning streak now, Tarasenko is first star of this game, which Allen is second. And for some reason, Steve Ott made third star. I don't understand that. But <laughs> when that was announced, I'm like, I wonder who voted for him up in the press box. I yeah, that was, was, uh, that was a solid game for, for all, all guys around. And uh, All guys around. I'm not making fun. We're just being making, we're just having fun here. But it was no, a little no, interesting. And it, it was a little odd of, of a decision, but um, you know, I think that the, the uh, all the people that voted, or I, I don't know if it's just one person. I don't get a vote. What the, what the heck yeah, did I, I, I get? I was going to say, like, what are you doing up there, Jeff? No, no, it's not me. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he played a good enough game, but but really the star of this was uh, was Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, uh, we, we've talked about him all game here. And uh, just a couple things I want to bring up to you. You keep bringing up all these stats, and I'll go ahead and tell you, Blues fans, uh, big, good, good, unbelievable follow on Twitter would be uh, – Besides myself and Jason, of course, of course, would be uh, STL Blues history, all one word. Uh, don't know if you oh, follow yes. him, Jason. He is fantastic. Yeah, he is very good. Uh, very Rutherford nice. has even been very vocal. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford, the Blues beat writer, and saying that uh, you know he's uh, he actually the book he just wrote uh, used him for some of his stats. So um, you know that's a lot of high praise coming from the Blues beat writer, but. Um, He's a great follow. Uh, he tweeted out a couple things about Tarasenko's uh, hat trick, and I uh, just want to point these out to people. Uh, and I'm going to see. Let's do a little trivia with this as well, Jason. He's the first right. Blues player to record two hat tricks in a season since this player in this season. So, what was the player and what was the season? Um, I did. I, I did see his tweet, so I'll be on, I'll be up front there. Okay. It was Red and I believe it was the. Let's see. I want to say the '87 season. 
Oh, no. No, no, no. Much later than that, my friend. I thought it was 90-something, maybe. 96. Maybe it was the season I see scored 86, is what he said I was reading. It was, yeah, it was after that. It was the 96-97 season. Which ah, I mean, that was it. Last year. second Was it the second to last year at the Blues? You might have, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's right, because he won the Cup in 99 with the, uh, with the Stars. Stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, 96-97, Brett Hall uh, was the last time there was two hat-tricks from one player in the season. Uh, one more for you, and this once again also comes from STL Blues History on Twitter. Uh, he is the uh, or the the last St. Louis Blues player before Vladimir Tarasenko to have four points in a game more than once in a season. This player in this year, who was it? Mm, so four I'm saying the last in a game Blues more than once in a season. I think the Blues last time I say dynamic score. I'm gonna go with Pavel Demetra in 2001. Did you know that? I think I read that too. I'll be honest. Okay. All right. Yeah. That that is correct. Pavel Dimitra in 2000, 2001. I mean, that's he's an elite company. That's what I'm trying to get at with this. And and that's you know, obviously this has uh, really already been his breakout season. And uh, something that I wish I could remember who it was. So I give him credit. But I read it on uh, one of the Blues Facebook pages uh, that um, the the most exciting thing about this is. We know we're watching a star unfold right now, and it is so exciting, not only as just a Blues fan, but as a hockey fan. Um, you know, Pavel Dimitro, he was, to me, and, and I think a lot of people, especially the Ottawa Senators, uh, he was... Uh, he he was kind of unknown. Like we didn't we didn't know what to watch for with him, and he just kind of was one of those really really nice surprises. And then obviously we've had a couple guys, Scott Young, uh, Brad Boys, uh, score forty goal seasons. But you really get the sense here with Tarasenko that we are watching a superstar in the making right now, all the time, every time he's on the ice, and it's just so exciting as a Blues fan. Uh, you know, this team's been around since 67, still no cups. I hate to say this, but you almost get the sense this guy's the piece. This is the key. This is going to be the guy that's going to, uh, you know, lead your team to the Stanley Cup final and then, you know, uh, be your force when you need him to be. So this is just an exciting time as a Blues fan. Uh, soak it in, fans, because, uh, man, is he fun to watch. Yeah, so, yeah, it's very odd. Like, I have times where I kind of get, like, upset where I'm almost like, why is everybody relying on this guy to get goals? Like, somebody go out and score a goal, and it's just something we haven't seen in a long time. You know, the Blues, where they have that go-to guy, and it's honestly taking a little adjusting for a while there, but watching him take over games like he did last night um, is something special to watch, like you said. Uh, so, Blues fans, just soak it in. Uh, this, You know, the Blues are definitely going to make their – effort to make sure he's here for a very, very long time. So, so. Um, so yeah, after the season, I expect uh, them to uh, throw the bank at this young man, so he'll be a very well-paid 23-year-old in, uh, next summer. Definitely. So let's uh, go into just a smidgen of news, and we'll wrap it up for tonight. Um, today and Jeff are recording a little bit late. So, yes, we are. So we'll just make this... Real quick, the thing that we're talking about, the breaking news, Jaden Schwartz with a foot injury. His right foot injury is week to week. So the Blues get Oshie back from family reasons and lose Jaden Schwartz. Um, uh, Dimitri Askin has been recalled. Uh, this play happened, which I, I like we were talking about before, we both 
made note of it that he blocked the shot in the first period and uh, was in considerable pain after it, but, you know, still played normal after that and played almost over 18 minutes of ice time well, in that game. And, and apparently has something wrong with his foot. It was not revealed, uh, but his right foot uh, injured. He is, uh, you know, has, I think I believe he's like third or fourth on the team with, uh, uh, third on the team in goals. Uh, so a big loss for those at 27 points you're losing out of your lineup. Uh, like I said, Yaskin is going to come in and probably take his spot, but uh, I fully expect Steen to drop back down to that uh, STL line now, and then uh, so. those, the Blues will probably cobble something together for the rest of their lines and uh, go from there. So uh, a yeah, big blow I, to the Blues. I think that, uh, and you know, for those that that are maybe not un- or maybe unfamiliar with what Jason and I are talking about. If you have the game on DVR, or you can pull it up on your Game Center app or whatever. Um, it's right around the 13-minute mark of the first period. He blocked a Drew Doughty shot and uh, was on the ice for a little bit. It seemed like he was in some pain, but stayed on the bench. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it was the first period. He played the rest of the game. But think of Keith Kachuk. There was a time where he broke his foot in the first period and then went out and scored two goals. Uh, think of David Perron when he was... Uh, upended by um, uh, Joe Thornton in that game and then came back out and scored uh, one or two goals. Can't remember how many it was. But, you know, it, it's you get the momentum, you get the excitement, the adrenaline, and, and you just kind of forget about the pain. But, uh, no, I, you know, going forward, I think this team's going to be just fine. Um, this is kind of where you – I don't want to say you hope for situations like this because you always want your team healthy, but – you hope for it now than you do in April, like what happened last year with the Blues. And, um, you know, this is a, a good opportunity for someone like Oshie, who I think has picked his game up as of late, uh, to maybe step up and be that guy again. Uh, this is where you expect uh, Alexander Steen, as you said, to possibly drop into uh, Schwartz's spot in the lineup and uh, start scoring like he was last year. Uh, David Backus, Paul Stastny. I mean, all these guys are, have this golden opportunity now to rise up and fill Schwartz's shoes. Who would have thought we'd be saying, can Paul Stastny fit uh, in Jaden Schwartz's shoes? But that uh, that's that's the situation right now. And, uh, you know, I, it's it's a, like I said, it's not something you ever hope for, but uh, it's a good situation for the Blues to, to find out the fight this team has beyond Tarasenko and, um, you know, I fully expect a, a steady lineup to come out Thursday night against the Kings. Yep, and also a note, our last note before we wrap it up here, Carl Gunnarsson was cleared for uh, to play again by, I guess, doctors, but Hitch wants him to be in game shape. So he wants him to, uh, I guess, get some more practice underneath his belt and get in a little better condition. It's so. not his head anymore. It's it's his his hip, which yeah, hip. is encouraging to me. I mean, if it was still his head, and they were like, "Oh, well, he can play," well, I don't know about that. But you know, with the hip, it's uh, something that's nagged him uh, obviously in the past, and um, you know, he just needs to kind of work it out a little more, get it stretched out, and I think he'll be fine. Um, but like I said, good news is he does not, well, as far as we know, he no longer has a concussion. Yep. So let's get him. Like I said, like you said before. Let's get all this out of the way now, and then let's get fully healthy by the time we hit around the April mark and go flying into the postseason. And the beauty is, too, Jason, is that you know we have so much depth now, too, where uh, you know, if you go back to the end of last season when Armstrong had his uh, press conference, he expects Pay Arvey and the Askin to play bigger roles on the team. And 
I still think that is a case. And, and you know, you look at the other guys this team's brought uh, brought in over the summer. Uh, Colin Frazier is still playing with the Wolves. And then you've got guys, too, like Philip McRae and these other guys that are veterans of the AHL that can fill in if you need them to. And, you know, if for whatever reason, let's hope, the Blues get a, a strong enough lead in the Central Division later in the year, you could start, you know, sending down Yaskin and calling up these other guys and letting them get some NHL games in before the, the postseason starts and sitting some of your stars like we've seen some of these teams do in the past. And all of a sudden you go into the playoffs with a completely 100% healthy roster. Yeah, so, and a couple other notes that the, I noticed some Blues fans were clamoring for why wasn't Ty Ratty called up. He's leading the AHO on goals, yada, yada, yada. Um, uh, his skating is still, and defensive play is still, while improved well, from uh, all the notes and uh, from the scouts, scouting reports that I have read, it sounds like uh, the Blues still would like another maybe two months out of him, and then he'll definitely see some action probably near the end of the season for sure when uh, the rosters get expanded. I fully expect him to be called up again soon. If he keeps the way he is, the Bulls have no choice but to call him up, but I, I'd rather have him get plenty of playing time, playing top minutes in AHL, getting to learn at the you know defensive side of hockey that a lot of people say he lacked. Um, uh, there's I've seen some people say on some games he still floats and whatever, but who knows? You know, I'm just reading. I'm, like I said, I have not seen any of this. I'm just going by what people have said, so everybody could read how a player plays differently. So, but obviously the leading league, uh, AHL and goals. So, uh, looks like they, we might have something down there. And like I said, the Colorado trade looks like it's looking pretty decent for us. At least, you know, we might have a slight edge due to our prospect being better than theirs right now. So, uh, wait and see. So right now, Yaskin can fill that role playing two way hockey, playing tough hockey. Let's see what he can do on a, playing on a consistent basis up here at the Blues. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've, I kind of hate to say this, but the, I feel like last year when the Blues had no choice but to call up Ratty at the end of the season, you know, as far as the relationship with the fans and the management, I just feel like that was such – I mean, listen, nothing they could do, but it was just such a, a bad thing to happen for this team because he got his little tiny two-game chance with the Blues. And yeah, the fans it wasn't much either. And they were just like, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy we keep hearing about. And I'm, I'm not, like eight, I think one game he only got eight minutes or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he That's was only up here to fill play. a role. We needed 18 guys to dress. That's the only reason he was here. I'm not trying to dog him at all by any means. It's just he's one of those guys, he's a slight project. You know, yeah, he's scoring goals, but as Blues fans should know by now with Hitchcock as the coach, there's so much more to this game than scoring goals. Um, and – you know, he's learning that. And, and from what I hear, he's developing a little. And, you know, he's it's just one of those things where you don't want to rush a guy. Look at the Edmonton Oilers. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't want a team or even one guy on your team to be rushed into his development, playing on the NHL squad way before he belongs, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's a lost prospect. You know, you don't want that. And that, the Blues what are doing you, what right you there. You can say yeah, some people say that up here, right. you know. Yaskin too is is they feel like Yaskin's right now he's at that bubble where it's like he's a strong AHL player, but he still needs to learn the ropes from the NHL a little bit, and that's why they're they're letting him be the first call up all the time. They're doing the right thing with him. They're you know they're not a lot of teams honestly I think would probably have him as their thirteenth forward, but then he's not getting any playing time. He's just yep. seeing time in practice and in warmups before games. So. You know, he's getting playing time in the AHL. He's getting top-line minutes. 
the Blues are doing the right thing with him and Ratty, and, uh, you know, I think uh, fans, in situations like this, I think fans need to kind of relax, take a breath, and realize that uh, a lot of these management folks that are making these calls have done this many, many times, and they know what they're doing. Yep, so uh, some interesting times for Blues on a five-game win streak. Let's see how they do uh, this week on their this little road trip before the uh, holidays. They go to L.A., I uh, lost my place, of course, right when I'm ready to talk about stuff. Uh, L.A., Saturday, San Jose, and San Jose, yep. and Tuesday at Colorado again for an, a game that will be on the NB- NBC Sports Network. And then they'll be back at home after the holidays. So, yes. so Chris should be back next week. So yeah, from all from all things I said, Chris says hi. He just texts me and said, what did it do? So, <laughs> there you nice. Go. So there we go. So uh, let's wrap things up here. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us as the Blues Hockey Podcast, you can find get a hold of us on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. Also, if you want to get a hold of us on our Facebook page, uh, look up Blues Hockey Podcast on Facebook and get a hold of us there, as well as our website, blueshockeypodcast.com, all one word. And Jeff, you want to let them know where you're going to find you at? Oh, of course. Uh, once again, folks, sorry I'm so long-winded. I keep making your shows way too long. Oh, so, you're fine. Uh, I'll, I'll work on that. But, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, you can follow me on Twitter at jponder94. I also invite you to be my friend on Facebook, uh, Jeff Ponder. Uh, no middle names or anything like that. So just straight Jeff Ponder. I think right now my main picture is of me at the Scott Trade Center. Um, and then uh, let's see, what else do we got? We need to uh, follow my f- co-host for the Faceoff show, Mike Pepping, uh, his Twitter handle is at PEP30, Pep30. Uh, and uh, also, during games or just whenever, use that hashtag FaceOffShow on Twitter. Uh, that's what we use during games. We use it for a lot of the conversation that we have with fans, with each other. Um, and also, uh, obviously, you can find my work at thehockeywriters.com and uh, ksdk.com as well. I'm working on a piece right now. I'm hoping to have it up by the time this uh, uh, episode is posted, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Top five Europeans to ever play for the Blues, and uh, I feel like I'm kind of hitting a hot button right now because uh, the whole Tarasenko talk, so uh, we'll see. But uh, make sure to check that out. That'll be up at the ksdk.com sports page as well as the hockeywriters.com blues page. So, uh Check those out. My, I, I think that's it. But, but Jason, we've got the uh, Christmas season coming up here. Uh, you got some some big plans for the holidays? Uh, the big plans is me running around to multiple places in St. Louis during Christmas week. Oh boy! The product of having a child and having uh, parents that are separated. So wow. we have a nice. We I don't want to be Christmas Day anymore. I have a Christmas week. I so hear it's a. Different places to go. Uh, very busy as always, but fun to hang out with family and friends. So, Definitely. you got any big plans? Yeah, actually, I'm uh, having dinner with this uh, really cool dude on Sunday night. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I heard he's a really good cook too. So, oh, I'm looking. Well, I don't even know if he's cooking. I hear we're having pizza. Exactly. I can go pick it up really easily. So, okay. that would look. We're looking forward to that on Sunday, of course. Yes, that'll be good. Uh, as as. In case you could not pick up on those jokes, that was uh, me and Jason talking about how we're having dinner Sunday, so it'd be fun. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, just same thing as you, Christmas Eve. Mine's more Christmas Eve and Christmas are hectic. Uh, Going to the the in-laws on Christmas Eve. Uh, Have the the great tradition with my dad since I was 11 years old 
where uh, that morning I actually take him to get my mom's present because he hasn't gotten it yet. So uh, <laughs> every Christmas morning, me or Christmas Eve morning, my dad and I do that. So uh, look forward to that. That's always fun because my dad always just says, I don't know what to get her, and we just walk around the mall aimlessly until we find something. So, uh, yeah, that's about it, though. But um, before we sign off, I just want to say, uh, you know, anyone who follows me, tweets me, Facebooks me, whatever, uh, thank you for all the support. Um, you know, obviously, uh, it's always nice hearing good stuff and bad stuff from people that are reading me or, or listening to me. And, uh, you know, obviously, I, I've helped Jason with this show get it off the ground. So thank you for listening. Um, once again, they do fantastic work. Chris and Jason both put a lot of effort into this show. Um, obviously, Melissa, we'll mention her too. She's been doing awesome what she's been doing. Sorry that I kind of chirp you too much sometimes, Melissa, but uh, you're a new member of the family. I got to hit you up somehow. So uh, you guys do fantastic work. Keep it up. And, uh, you know, anytime you need me to come on, anytime you need my uh, terrible expertise, be sure to let me know, and I'd be happy to happy, uh, help you guys out. Yeah, so we uh, greatly appreciate it, especially with uh, Chris's unexpected uh, absence for the last two weeks. Uh but we appreciate you stepping in and making our show uh, even more interesting than it always already is. That's so, the story of my life. Yep. So we'll do a quick little shout out. Like you brought up Melissa, our girl, Melissa, once again, doing a crazy amount of followers already. Um, and just generally being awesome and live tweeting the game last night was uh, fun, fun to see and everybody yeah, interacting she's with her. A lot of people interacting with her, which is great. Yep. So if you want to get hold of her, she is STL Melissa Nicole. It's M E L I S A Nicole. Uh, that is also her Instagram. And also, if you look up, I believe it's Melissa Nicole on um, STL Melissa Nicole on Facebook as well for her Facebook fan page. Uh, two minor announcements for pertaining Melissa as well. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, one, um, she has decided to put out some calendars of all her lovely pictures. So um, if you would like to get a hold of one of those, hit her up on Twitter at STLMelissaNicole. Let her know you want one. And she's trying to get, I guess, a general consensus of how many people. She wants to get like 50 confirmed people, and then she's going to go out with this order. So once she gets 50, folks, like you can get calendars. And if you've seen some of her pictures, as Jeff can well attain to, uh, they're pretty nice. So I don't look at that kind of stuff. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You're I know you're a married man now. You don't I'm look at that stuff. I'm a married man. Come on. Exactly. But the other thing I would like to announce too that Melissa is once we get that calendar order in that she is so graciously let us um we'll give one away when that time comes. So we'll put our brains together and try to get, think of a good contest for that. So go out there and order those calendars, folks, and at STL Melissa Nicole once again. So well, am, I, uh, am I eligible for this uh, possible contest? Because I'll win. Um, if you, if I figure out whatever I'm going to do the, for that contest, probably it won't be. Unf- it'll be unfair to everybody else. You shouldn't have let me join. Well, I'll let you join, and then <laughs> we'll, 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 we won't let anybody. Hey, I can even win. Then maybe I'll get like a free counter. <laughs> you go. That that kind of be cheating, but hey, we'll we'll go with it. It's like, hey, I won. I don't know how it happened, but I somehow <laughs> got you know. Anyway, so we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for listening. Um, Chris says, what if you... We'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.